welcome all to the Triple H Podcast, Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. We got you covered on everything NBA all the time. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow us at Happy Hour Hoops One on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, yeah, we appreciate all the support we've had so far. We love our fans. Appreciate you guys out there interacting with us on Twitter, taking care of everything on there. Um, and we're excited that we're getting close to the to the NBA Finals here coming up. I feel like it's been a whirlwind uh, playoffs and bubble experience at all. But we're we're coming right up to the Western Conference Finals. Three teams have punched their ticket to the conference finals and we're going to start off talking about one of those teams who won in a game seven the other night friday night the boston celtics 92 the toronto raptors 87 uh Danny, how did you feel just in general just walk me through your uh celtics game seven experience on friday oh my god well this game seven much like the whole beginning of the series was just an emotional roller coaster for either for either fan base. If you're a Celtics fan or a Raptors fan, obviously a little more uh, sweet ending if you're a Celtics fan. But yeah, this game was much like the rest of the series. It, it seems like a game of runs. Um, neither team was particularly shooting the lights out of the ball. You know, no no crazy offensive talent um, from either team, and it was a, a grit and grind game like the whole series. And then yeah. the Celtics big players like. You know, Marcus Smart had an unbelievable series. Every game just made game-winning plays, and then it showed down the stretch. Big block on Norman Powell. And uh, then Jason Tatum came up with that clutch offensive rebound, hit the free throw at the end of the game. And Grant Williams, surprisingly, rookie gets the block on Van Fleet at the end for an emotional Game 7 win. And that's you just kind of figured that's how that series was going to end after after that Game 3 where Ananobi hit the buzzer beater. Yeah, you knew, like, we were we were talking about it the last podcast, just that it didn't feel right that the the Celtics were up 3 or would be up 3-0 or anything, because we just thought that, I, like, before that series was just going to be knocked out and drag out, yep. you know, back and forth. And then it turned exactly into that. The Raptors, you know, they, they showed their championship part the whole series battling back, even especially that game six. We haven't even talked since that game six. But that game, I mean, realistically, the Celtics should have closed it out that game. Yeah, that was their chance. That I was. That's why I was very worried for them in Game Seven because it just seemed like they had every chance in that Game Six. But the Raptors just wouldn't go away. They just fought back in that double overtime. But um, I kept saying before in a bunch of group chats and everything going into uh, Game Seven on Friday that the story of that game was it's it was a for the, for the Celtics it was like a coming of age moment. It's like that you get these young teams always have these moments where they play these these tests, really, I guess, in the playoffs. You know, you're playing the defending champs in a game seven in the second round. And can you get it? Can you just get it done? Like it's been a grind. And can you get over the hump? And can you make superstar plays when it matters? And I think that that was Jason Tatum, especially at the beginning of that game. He really that was his mindset was. I need to come out here and take this game because that's what superstars do in this moment. And uh, I mean, everybody kind of cooled off towards the end of the second half, but it was star performances from him and effort that Jalen Brown was putting on the floor. Those two guys are really the engine and they're going to be what brings them along uh, in this next series against Miami. 
Um, what do you think, looking forward a little bit to Tuesday night, game one, um, do you expect, first of all, do you expect Gordon Hayward to be returning for that game? And does his impact, do they need him to win game one? Or can Jalen and uh, Tatum get the job done against that, you know, stout defense that the Heat will be putting out there with their wings? Yeah, so Hayward returning, I definitely think it's going to happen in this series. I don't think it's going to happen um, come game one on Tuesday night because I feel like we'd already know that if that was going to be the case. Yeah. That Hayward's supposed to return for this series, but I feel like we would know if he's going to be there Tuesday night by now. Um, so it doesn't sound like that. I do expect him to return at some point in this series, maybe game three, game four-ish. And I don't think the Celtics necessarily need Hayward to get a win in game one. Uh, I don't think at this point that it would hurt them by any means. But my question is, I, I don't really know how much better it would make them either. Because Hayward's obviously, when he comes back, he's not going to be 100%. His ankle might feel that way, but he's going to, you know, he's a whole series behind. He doesn't have any of that personal player momentum from the Raptor series that the rest of the group has. Mm-hmm. And he's just obviously going to be slightly out of shape compared to yeah. the rest of the guys. I mean, he had to quarantine and he couldn't really get full workouts out in his room. Yeah. So they'd obviously love to have a role player like Hayward on this team, but you know, it's, I don't think it's necessary for them to steal a couple wins against Miami. Well, I think just in general, getting Hayward in the rotation would help from taking witness away from maybe other guys. Um, maybe less minutes for Wanamaker and Semi Ojale off the bench and get right. Hayward in those minutes. I would love Semi Ojale get less minutes. <laughs> I think every Celtics fan in the world would love to see Semi Ojale get less minutes. Yeah. But uh yeah, like he he he's it's going to help for their ball movement and everything. That's kind of where Hayward's going to move the ball, he's going to make the right play a lot for that offense. But mm-hmm. ultimately if we're talking about winning this series and going on to the NBA finals, it's, it's going to come down to how Jason Tatum does against Jimmy Butler, because that's the match. Jimmy, you know, that's the matchup that Jimmy is going to target, I guess, in the way you know, he, he, he's, that's, that's the guy that he knows he has to take out of his rhythm to get to where the heat want to be. And, Jay Crowder has been playing great for them. Iguodala has been playing great for them. They've been, throwing all kinds of different wing combinations uh, the last two rounds at the Bucks and, you know, at the, uh, at the Pacers. But they haven't played a set of wings like Tatum and Jalen in the playoffs yet. Um, right. They haven't played a team like this. This is uh, de- definitely the best. I mean, Giannis, they shut down Giannis pretty well. I think that was a matchup that favored the Heat more than anything else. I don't know if this is necessarily a matchup that favors the Heat especially if they go cold in some games with like shooting from the three, like there's a lot more weapons that they have to worry about on the Celtics that they didn't really have to worry about shutting down on Milwaukee. Yeah. I think just even on top of Jalen and Jason, you, you look at Kemba Walker too, who didn't have the best series against Toronto, but yeah, the heat also haven't been tested with any kind of point guard play like that either. I mean, Eric Bloodsoe's, obviously not nearly as talented as Kemba Walker. Mm-hmm. There was no one in that Indiana series where that gave him uh, types of problems that Kemba Walker would. So, I mean, that's, that's also if he steps up, you have, to, you have to be fearful of that if you're Miami. 
Um, but to go off what you mentioned about, you know, Tatum and Brown possibly getting shut down by by the committee of Crowder, Iguodala, and Butler, the, I think that's when the Celtics are going to need, you know, those shooters off the bench and then other guys in the starting lineup to really be knocking down that three. Guys like Tice, Grant Williams, if he's still getting those minutes. Hayward, if he plays. Um, Smart needs to, you know, have that same three-point shooting that he had against Toronto in that entire series because if they're not shooting well from deep and the Heat are, I mean, the the Heat could easily run away. you know, have a little bragging rights there, but it just seemed a bit much. And I'm definitely looking forward to a, a more level-headed Eric Spolstra on the sidelines for next yeah. series. Yeah, for sure. You're just going to see Jimmy Butler just doing something outrageous on the bench rather than. Yeah. <laughs> rather we won't, than we won't see. So what are you, what are you realistically expecting from the series? What's your prediction for it? So I think the last series the Celtics had Celtics Raptors was the best series of the bubble so far. Facts. And yeah. I and I think if any series is going to be better in the bubble, it's either going to be whatever the championship series is or this this Celtics Heat series. So I'm saying I'm going either Celtics and six or Celtics and seven here. Um, I'm going to go Celtics and seven again. I like yeah. that. That's I think it's going to be another tough. You know, it's going to be another. I don't know if I'll be ready for it. I think it's going to be another emotional <laughs> roller coaster. Um, I don't think you are ready for it. I don't I'm know if be I'm pulling ready. out my hair for another week, but, but I yeah. really don't know if I'm ready for it. I'm going Celtics at seven, too. Honestly, like I just think it comes down to superstars, and we've seen like Tatum and Tatum and Brown. They went after LeBron two years ago, got to a game seven, were right there, and they they didn't even know what they were doing then. They were just yeah. here in headlights, kind of, but they didn't know better and took him to a game seven. And that's what I was talking about earlier with those moments where you overcome things. I think this is going to be a huge like weight off their shoulders to get after last year's, you know, Kyrie experience that they had, and after getting so close against LeBron and then they finally go seven with the defending champs. And it's, you know, every, every possible reason they could have lost that series in stupid ways that Ananobi shot was a heartbreaker double overtime. Like that, like there are so many times where that, that team could have just like been like, fuck this bro. Like, let's just go home. Like whatever. 
go out with like they but they didn't they, and they never they never did that and as much as the heat looked good i i'm i'm picking the two better players two best players in the series so and as we get we'll get to later on is in our next topic we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers moving on the other team that's in the conference finals I've come to the I've come to the understanding here or at least this is the decision that I made is that now with our my finals previews I've been wrong both times in the both rounds <laughs> first of all but besides that I think the newest thing that the, that we need and that we should be looking for for ref calls and anything else is that the bubble deserves a Lakers Celtics finals it yep. really only makes sense that those two teams are in the weirdest, most historic NBA finals that ever happened. Yeah, that it would really just... only makes sense. It's poetic. Yeah. Especially for for the year that 2020 we're having. Yeah. If if like the fall of 20 yeah the the fact that it's in the the championships going to be in the fall it's going to be in october it's ridiculous in itself and you're going to have if you had a Celtics Lakers finals with no no NBA basketball fans it's it's the only game that it's the only matchup deserving of this kind of like stature that it's going to get and I really want it to happen. But a Lakers Heat Finals is also extremely interesting. Just for uh, just because every NBA every NBA fan and media member loves to talk about LeBron James as yeah. it is. And uh, we get a love Lakers and a former team that but it's not the same as Lakers Celtics. That's what no. I'm very much hoping for. Too much history there. So last night the Lakers close out the Rockets. And it wasn't really a difficult night for them. I yeah, don't think it was ever in doubt. Uh, Rondo got, or yeah, Rondo and his brother called Russ trash. He was trash. I mean, West- there's no other way to put it. Russ really was trash. They yeah, were wrong. Westbrook though. just didn't show up this whole series, man. I think uh, you can blame a lot of things if you're the Rockets organization on on where they ended up in these playoffs and. I mean, I'd say that's a disappointing end to their season. Could at least put up a better fight against the Lakers. But, yeah, Westbrook, definitely a lot of blame's got to go to him in this series, at least alone. Last night, he's getting called trash (laughs) by Rondo's brother and then complaining after the game that, like, the fans are there to to watch the game. It's like, dude, you know that's what fans do. Like, yeah. It's it's banter, dude. Like, you were having a bad game. You shot 4-13. Like, expect that. And you're down big. Like, what do you? You're not going to fight Rondo's brother. Well, it's and not you, the Rockets if they don't, if they're not going to complain about something right. during or after the game. It's not the Rockets if there's not useless drama when you're already losing <laughs> by a bunch. But yeah, three turnovers, just bad game for Russ altogether. And then when they were down by 29 at one point, he got fouled on a, a double team, mm-hmm. and he screamed like it wasn't directed at Bron, but it was like in LeBron's direction. Yeah, they better double me. And there's, a, <laughs> there's a video, and LeBron's just like cracking up, like, dude, down 29. Like, Did you doesn't matter it? if we leave you open for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, just keep taking those threes and bricking them. We're really, yeah. uh, really scared of you, Russ. Did you see Austin Rivers hit Braun in the head too? I that was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> the pure, the pure rage on LeBron's face when he yeah. got that ball. It and was, he did that like weird, like shake off after, like yeah. Well, he's dramatic as fuck. Like yeah, 
that's so he's got to make it look like even Kuzma's laughing at him and everything. Or Kuzma's yeah. just laughing at the Rockets because that's everybody that's wanted to possible. laugh at the Rockets. Uh, that's possible and fair. You know, it's really like it's the same with the Sixers. I feel like they're like they get the same treatment from everybody. And it's that like we always just like every playoffs, they'll show up, disappoint us somehow during the year. And we just roast James Harden or roast Ben Simmons or Russell Westbrook, even though this is his first year with Rockets, we like to roast him. But they're really deserve like they're really deserving of it at this point because it happens every single year <laughs> in some manner. Yeah. They go out in these games, in these big games that they need, and just fizzle out. Like, they just don't ever go out swinging. And we, yeah. Mike D'Antoni's done with the Rockets. They're going to get a new coach after this year, which everybody, which we pretty much knew was coming anyways. But it's, yeah. it's going to be a lot of turnover and turmoil in the organization. And it's just a disappointing. We get it. You know, they, these two are supposed to be these big superstars in the league, and they comes up with the same – outcome almost every year yeah and yeah that's a good point like d'antoni walking the day after they get eliminated i mean like you said you kind of figured either d'antoni is going to be out or there's going to be some moving piece to you know try to turn this franchise around but even if people want to make excuses for the Lakers series like there's still d'antoni walking away the whole small ball thing that just never came to be successful like, they got out of that Thunder series, but, like, by a hair. Like, they didn't yeah. – like, the Thunder gave them a, a great series. And on paper, you know, the Rockets should – the Rockets should finish out that series kind of with ease, and they barely did it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they they had a shocking game one against the Lakers, but then Braun went playoff LeBron, and they didn't really have a chance after that. You almost forget yeah. that they had a big – win in game one it just looking back on it people could easily think that series was a sweep because that's basically what it was i mean it's just it was just like the shot the game one was like the shock of the small ball for the lakers and not playing after a while and then they were like yeah okay well this is this is going to be pretty easy and just it shows how do or die that style of basketball is especially Mm -hmm. if one of your stars isn't showing up in westbrook yeah not to mention daniel house having a some girl they said like she might be like a covid tester she was a covid tester yeah yeah he snuck her into her his room and then was just exiled from the bubble and not allowed to come back yeah that's a tough look man i don't think and he has a wife and three kids that's yeah that's why he had to go home like i was like why does he have to go home like he can't and then i was like oh because he was all you know they didn't have to couldn't they just report that he had like an injury like undisclosed injury or a personal matter they really had a they had to out demand his mask at breakfast (laughs) yeah just something you don't have to out demand that bad come on yeah but that is it's bold daniel house daniel house too like all people They didn't, the Rockets did not need him in the series, but it just adds to the, just adds to the it's just some, yeah, it's just some drama that is the Houston Rockets. Some Rockets bullshit that's always going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we learned much about the Lakers from this series. They pretty much did exactly what we thought they should do against the Rockets. They just yeah. they got some good. They they went small the last couple games, last two games. Marquise Morris started at center for them, and they didn't play Dwight and they didn't play Javale and. I don't think that if they play, I mean, we'll see who they play if it's the Nuggets or the Clippers. We'll talk about that in a second. But if they play the, if they're playing the Clippers like everybody was anticipating, they'll need JaVale and Dwight, I think, a little bit more. But having that option to go small 
makes them a lot more interesting because AD is basically a center anyway. Like AD is a center, so it's not really small. But having Marquise Morris there and him be able to like give good minutes in that spot, um, it opens up a different dimension for them, especially if they can get the shooting that they need. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And even if we didn't lo- like learn like too too much, like what you just said though is like pretty important. Like they can go, the fact that they have that ability to be successful, like having Markeith as their biggest guy on the court, and even I think the biggest thing that we learned from this series is that Rondo can definitely be a huge factor yeah. for them going forward. I mean, Rondo played some very very notable minutes. And, you know, he was just strong for them. He was he's playoff Rondo. He looked like um, 08 Celtics Rondo a bit. The, the flashes were definitely there. He was hitting down open jump shots, and he played well defensively too. Yeah, they really just needed, like, a functional guard to play. Like, they could KCP just couldn't – I mean, he's still starting and everything, but they needed, you know, good minutes from the guard position. And Rondo just gives those – like, last night he only had, like, three points. He had three, five, and five. So, but the scoring wasn't there like it was a couple of the other games, but at least like just activity, good ball movement. Like he can, he can pass, make entry, good entry passes, just gets the offense going for them a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, yeah, I don't think we learned much more about them, but what we need to learn is who they're going to play in the Western Conference finals because today yeah. everybody, well, everybody, including us mostly, whereas watching was excited about the NFL being back, the Clippers just, well, first of all, the last time I, I checked this game at halftime, I just wanted – and I was like, it's a 63-47 Clippers. I was like, okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is basically done. We're, we're going to get Clippers-Lakers. We're ready to go here. And just like, just like game five, Nuggets down huge, down 19 points, come all the way back. And don't, they don't just win this game. <laughs> They win by 13, 111-98, and the Clippers, again, get this big lead, and they think that they're defending NBA champions and that they're just going to walk through everything. And the Nuggets, who have continuously just keep coming back in these series, they won't go down. And you'd think the Clippers would know from game six or game five that this, was, this team could do this again. Yeah. And here we are. You bring up a good point there. You said the Clippers – think that they're defending NBA champions. They have a de- defending NBA champion in a quiet liner. They, yeah. The rest of the team is not accomplished in that category. And the Denver Nuggets just won't die. They, they will not die. We, like, they, the, like you said, they should, the Clippers, one, should know this just because the last the, – how the last few games of this series have gone. But what about their series against the Utah Jazz? Like they were, they were down three. Out on the floor, yeah. Yeah, it's like they, they leave everything they have there. They, they they won't go down without a fight, and they made that clear. I mean, Jokic this afternoon had 34 points, 14 boards. Like, they were down they were down big, as you mentioned. Everyone was kind of counting them out, and then the Clippers started to do that too. But they just – the Clippers got to close them out. They're, they're clearly the superior team. I picked them to go all the way to the finals because I am nope. confident that when they're playing their best basketball, they can even beat LeBron and the Lakers. But – I mean, gee, it just it just does not look that way right now. They just come through these games and they just float. They just start floating and they just get really ISO heavy and just start. It's they turn into different teams. Like they just they think they have this on off switch that they really just don't have. Yeah. Um, 
it's just it's, yes. it's frustrating to watch for a team that you know like the talent that they have and the depth that they have they could be just blowing teams out and they just yeah. can't ever pull it fully together yeah, the, uh, I saw a thing today. It said the Clippers are now 0-7 in games where they could clinch a trip to the conference finals. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe these dudes are actually, like, feeling the pressure of getting yeah. there and going to this, you know, it's a spot that this franchise has never been in. And they're also – they know what's waiting on the other side for them. That's that's going to be a grind. It's just, just – the and the fact that it's not in Los Angeles is beneficial for the Clippers because the amount of – pressure that they would feel going into every single game into a staple center that would just be Lakers fans for seven straight games like they're lucky they're not going to have that but they still I think there's still of existential pressure of getting over the hump of the Lakers first of all but also looking at LeBron James and being like you know what we can take that guy down in this kind of moment because I mean Kawhi's done it did it one time in the finals we know that but people don't do this in the conference finals to LeBron in the last 10 years. And I just, I think that that's more in people's heads when they're going to be coming into this series. He has that kind of mental edge over these teams and the Clippers just, they just look like they, they're not mentally strong enough to get through a series like unscathed like that. And it's going to come back to bite them. It might come back to bite them in game seven. I think, I mean, we got to give credit to the Nuggets too here. Yeah, for sure. And I hate saying this as obviously everyone knows how big of a Celtics fan I am, but I wonder sometimes if it has to do, if this is ever a Doc Rivers problem for the Clippers. Um, Just only because you saw this a lot with, you know, the, the end of the era in Los Angeles with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. I mean, how talented some of those teams were, and they just – those teams couldn't get it done to get to the conference finals either. You know, they always seemed like a superior team in a series and just couldn't really find a way to close things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if it's – if that has anything to do with it. I mean, Doc is obviously a well-respected coach and has been great for the Clippers for years. So it's I'm sure it's not all him, if if at all, but, it's you know, it's – it's got to be something though, because why aren't they yeah, ready? Why aren't they ready to go? Like, why aren't they focused for forty-eight minutes to close a yeah. game out? Like, you're up nineteen in the second half, and you're the two seed and a title favorite. You should be able to just move on. Yeah, and then you have an, a non-existent Beverly on, in Sunday's game. Mm-hmm. Two points, two turnovers, six fouls. Like that's for for a guy that talks the amount of shit that he does. That's disgusting, dude. Like, yeah. It, yeah, Bever- Beverly in these playoffs has been a a poor man's Marcus Smart, if that like, because that's that's already what Beverly is like. He mm-hmm. he thinks he's what Marcus Smart is, and Marcus Smart Marcus Smart talks. Don't get me wrong, he'll he'll shit talk and you know get in someone's face just as much as the next guy. But he has far more game than Beverly does to back it up, and that's that's tough when you're getting that out of your defensive anchor. And I put air quotes around that for. but uh yeah they're just not getting they're not getting the good minutes like from these guys that they need um off and from that guard position at all really i mean lou williams has been good has been somewhat normal lou will but not to the effectiveness that he usually can be 
Shamit has been really like non-existent in the series. They're not really getting any support from that third guard secondary scoring position. And yeah, Beverly is just he's been overrated this series and this this whole playoffs. And I mean they they were it seemed like they maybe were missing him in the opening series against Dallas, but he hasn't had the impact as much against the Nuggets in this series. Um what do you think is gonna come up for a game seven here? The Nuggets I love this story. I love the fact that they've been battling back so much here. And But I think it's – as much as I think that it's about the Nuggets, the Nuggets can score. We know they can score. We know they can play. Mm-hmm. I think it's about the Clippers. If the Clippers want to figure this out and turn it on for a game, they should win this series. It's really just up to if they can stay mentally focused for 48 minutes and close it out. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. And – I. I, I had this thought as soon as the buzzer sounded this afternoon and uh, the Nuggets won game six here and forced the game seven. But Jokic said it in his pregame or his uh, postgame interview also. He said, pressure's all on them. You know, it's mm-hmm. all on the Clippers right now. And where where I agree with that and think game seven will be probably just as tight as, you know, most of the games have been in this series, I do think that the Clippers, you know, will come together handle the pressure, and I think they're going to close it out. I don't think it's going to be easy. It's probably going to be a dogfight, but I just think Kawhi, I, I think he's going to do his thing in game mm-hmm. seven. I mean, I mean, he has to at this point. They shouldn't be there, and it's not really all on him that they are in game seven with the Denver Nuggets, but this is he's the type of caliber player that you look to in a game seven when you shouldn't be there to get them out of it, and I think Kawhi is going to have one of those monster games that he's capable of, and Clippers are moving on to face the Lakers. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Uh, exactly the same reason, too. I think we talked about these Game 7s, and I talked about it earlier with the Celtics going into that Game 7 against the Raptors. You look to the superstars, and we know Kawhi can do it. We saw him do it in the second round last year. We know we can get yep. these big games, and they shouldn't be here. They should have won in five. Like This, this should have been done Friday night. Definitely should have been done today. I think they're going to come out with a vengeance, I guess. They shouldn't even need – that's a. I hate to say that because if you come out with a vengeance, you just get it done in game five. That's the team you are. But I think they stop fucking around and get there. But going into the second round, I was a lot more sure that the Clippers were going to have a more favorable matchup with the Lakers. And now I really – I don't know. I don't know what to expect because the Clippers don't play up to their uh, – up to their potential and so I think either way going into the series if it's the Clippers or the Nuggets I think the Lakers have to be favored to come out of the West and go to the NBA Finals right now yeah I agree and um yeah no they if they do too if the Clippers do which I mean you both think that they will I mentioned earlier how Raptors Celtics has been the best series of the Mm -hmm. bubble in my opinion, but I think also most people can agree that that's just the best series we've seen. And then I say Heat Celtics, that could easily, you know, be the next best series of the bubbles, if not better than Toronto, Boston. But then again, here, if we have both these LA teams matching up in a conference finals, like that, that also could easily be the best series. So, oh, yeah. As much as I think the Clippers are going to win, just because, like, I, I think that's how the cookie's going to crumble. I also – that's what I want to see, too, and I think that's what a lot of basketball fans want to see. I don't want to take anything away from Denver, man. Jamal, and Mar- Jamal Murray, Jokic, 
No, but I don't think I. We've been waiting for Lakers Clippers, man. We, right. I want it in whatever way yeah. we can get it. Yeah. No, I'm Most with people you on do. that. But, but um, yeah. But hey, we're gonna get. Give credit to the Nuggets, though. Like, I don't want to discount the Nuggets at all for being yeah. in this position to go to the their game away from the West Finals when everybody thought they were going to be done. They threw dirt on them, and they keep fighting this team. And they're just – they're a young team. They're going to be back basically the same team next year. Yeah. Like, that's scary for the rest of the West if this team has a lot – has this much grit and uh, can f- maybe find a way to put it together. But – and all it all it took was MPJ calling out his <laughs> yeah <laughs> MPJ and then he and he does nothing all in a game live five. press conference <laughs> he does nothing all of game five and then hits the biggest three of the game in yeah. the last thirty seconds or last forty five seconds and it's just like I'm you know sure what he was, I'm sure he's talking his shit after that. he probably was but it, you know what I think a dude like that like obviously he didn't do anything that whole game up to that point but a dude like that who isn't doing anything and who had just called out his coach at a press conference and still takes that shot as a rookie with their season on the line and not only takes it, but drills it. That's somebody you want. Like, yeah, I respect that. Like, I kind of respect all the MPJ's comments for a little much for me, especially just like his status in the NBA. He hasn't really mm -hmm. earned much, uh, much respect league wide, I would say, but yeah, definitely, definitely have some respect about, you know, just the way he he went about that and carried himself yeah. in the series in general. I mean, he's had a few huge dunks. He's definitely shown some some bright moments as far as being an offensive talent and just being a good player for the Denver Nuggets. And then on top of that, he's just very very confident young man. You very confident. Yeah, you gotta be if you're gonna be a star in the league, you gotta be confident and at least you know. We know. I don't know if MPJ will be a star, but at least we know yeah. he'll be. Con- he's he's he has the great, right attitude. He has the most Dion Waiters potential in the NBA <laughs> right now. That's uh, true. <laughs> I'm sure he loves to hear that. So we're both ready for a Lakers Celtics finals. Then that's how we're gonna yes. wrap this up. We put a stamp on that. I want it, yeah. it, it. Historically, I really think if we look back 20 years from now and look at the bubble finals and see that it was the best rivalry and all of basketball it, it'll just make so much sense yep it really will all right folks so happy hour hoops this was episode 11 and we're all hoping for a celtics lakers finals that's, yeah. i think that's what we've come to the conclusion of tonight yep that's what we want here and i need the lakers in that finals because i don't <laughs> oh, want to no. lose my money i need that <laughs> I don't know if that's how it's going to go, but <laughs> I guess we're going to have to get through the conference. conference yeah, finals. let's get there first. Let's get, there's yep. going to be two hell of a if, if we end up Clippers heat for whatever reason, that's I'm still okay with that finals. That's that yeah. crazy too. I mean, I'll have a, probably a couple of days of mourning and crying. Yeah, that would be tough, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. It's going to be a roller coaster for the, for the seas. It's, yep. I'm excited because we're going to see – we're going to see all of Celtics fandom come out. Every single, all the good and the bad. And I cannot wait. <laughs> we will see. All right, Dan, you got anything else? No, I think that's going to do it. All right, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. Uh, listen to this podcast. Follow us at Happy Hour Hoops one on all social media platforms. And enjoy the conference finals. We're almost here.